ready to become everyone's favorite brand? But you're not quite sure of how to build and grow your brand in a more strategic and sustainable way? Then this is the show for you. Welcome to Brainstalk Podcast. I'm your host, Brigitte Balkowski. Dive with me into the world of brands. Experts from different fields and industries will share their perspective on brands locally and on a global scale. Established companies and startups will talk about their brand stories, the challenges they face, but also the chances and hidden opportunities that arise leveraging today's digital world and making uncertainty to their advantage. Let's get started and dive with me into the world of brains. My guest today has earned a Master in International Marketing and Management and Project Management in 2000 and another Master in Public Relations in 2006, both with distinction. In 2012, she's certified as an online marketing expert and continuously engages in further education in current topics of marketing, graphic and PR, project management and leadership trainings. She was working in different leading positions in Austria and abroad, for example in France, Germany, Japan and Spain. In 2012, she founded her own company, Empower Marketing Communication and also teaches at the BU Vienna as an external lecturer. I warmly welcome Marie-Louise Carger. Welcome to my podcast, Brainstalk. Hello. Hi. Hi, Marie-Louise. Can you tell us a little bit about your background story? So all these bigger and smaller steps on the way to become a solopreneur? Yeah, uh, with lots of pleasure. Um, well, um, how have I come to marketing or to communication in general? I've always been a very open-minded person. Everyone who knows me on a deeper personal level knows that I'm a very communicative person. And I, well, I like being in touch with people. I like being present. I like coming up with new ideas and stuff like this. And that's how I yeah, came up with studying marketing on um, the Business Administration University in, in Vienna. And that also led me to positions where I could follow my career as a marketing expert and gain expertise and also go abroad. And um, I was always very, very curious. So I decided yeah, to do the master in public relations in Vienna. Yeah, after having my kids, that's an important um, uh, chapter of my life as well, to set up an own business to become more flexible. That's the background of my career story. What was your motivation to set up your own company, Marlies? Austria was not so much a startup nation at that time in 2012 and starting out as a solopreneur is a very, very brave step out of a well-paid employment position with a company. Um, well, most of all, what I, what I disliked about the jobs before, and normally you only change something if you are dissatisfied, what I disliked about the companies that I worked for before, or the jobs that I, that I was holding, that it was very much of routine. Yeah, when you are in the same company for a longer time, it turns out that it becomes routine. But I found out that I would like to concentrate my energy more on consulting projects. That means that you get in touch with different companies 
yeah, on the short run. And yeah, and I wanted to gain flexibility. And also what seemed attractive for me was yeah, becoming my own boss to decide which agendas you want to take, how intensive the work shall be. And yeah, out of my very strong personal energy to get in touch with people and to, to have a strong network and, and to be very diversified in what I'm doing. Yeah, that was the main impulse to to sit down and think about an own company and, and take the effort and realize that dream. Malise, you're offering different services from marketing to PR, marketing outsourcing, project marketing. Can you give us some more insights about these services uh, to get a better idea? Of course. Um, well, the thing is that when you work in a certain company, they always have a certain marketing approach. Yeah, so many companies that I've got in touch with the last few years is that they have certain disciplines, certain channels that they use to communicate successfully. But what I especially like about that field of, of action or of, of management activities is that you can integrate the diverse channels and it's not only promotion, it's not only PR, it's not only permission marketing, it's not only guerrilla marketing, but it's the whole lot of things. And my USP, I think, is that um, I can bring in my expertise from an outside point of view. Yeah, because I tend to see, or, or what I can really see in companies is that they do their thing and because it has always worked, they continue doing the same thing, but they never dare to take another step into something new or trying out something new, especially the bigger companies. So um, what they gain in hiring me is an expert insight from an outsider yeah, that has a different point of view on the one hand side. They get, yeah, of course, expertise, knowledge. Yeah, I've been in that field for 20 years and uh, what is highly attractive for companies is that they gain flexibility because if there is a lot of things to do, if they have high season, they usually hire me. Then I work for them, let's say for half a year. And then when they have low season, they just say, okay, let's sit down together in half a year again. For them economically and also from creative point of view, for them, it's yeah, a very valuable contribution that I can bring in into the system. So what you're doing is basically being a sparring partner to bring in some fresh ideas from an outside perspective, maybe trigger creativity and also encourage more out-of-box thinking, I guess. And when it comes to the different forms of communication to the customer, I understand that you more see these channels as an integrative communication system rather than as individual silos. What else do you consider to be important for your client that you can offer as your service, Marlies? I think you have to watch the market in your peer group as well. What does the competition do and uh, what maybe is um, uh, successful from other companies? Yeah, which tips can I bring in yeah, simply to give them a new impulse? And yeah, this is the biggest advantage. And because you asked uh, about project marketing, we always look at projects as an um, as an alternative form of doing a, a certain project, yeah, like um, something unique. You you want to to bring up um, I don't know a new product to the market, for example, and project marketing looks at stakeholders that are involved in that project, and that you can communicate successfully so they support 
the ongoing activities in that project. Because I've also got a certification from the IPMA, from the International Project Management Association. And I thought also this can be a quite um, yeah, a good attribution to my fields of activities that I offer. Marlise, who is your customer exactly? What kind of companies are you serving? Are these large-scale enterprises or small-medium enterprises, startups or solopreneurs? So I have, um, at the moment, a very nice portfolio. But to be very honest, the ones that you can earn money with on a, on a larger scale is the ones that have a certain size. So I would say it's medium-sized companies mm-hmm. um, that don't want or cannot afford a proper or a bigger marketing department. So that's where I get in touch with them and they outsource certain activities to me. It has developed more into the direction of public relations, in fact, whereas I did marketing, classical marketing activities at the beginning of my career. I now focus more on public relations, trying to get in touch with media, with journalists. I'm very much into writing. And this is also a topic that especially those medium-sized companies really like, that Uh, like I said, yeah, you bring in an external view. You don't express it the way like you always did it. Yeah, and that's that's basically my, my field of action. This means you have found your exact niche that you can perfectly serve. A market where budgets do not allow the so-called big consultants. Yeah, that's where you come in. And in what sectors and industries are your clients, Marlies? I work for uh, the building sector at the moment, so it's building companies, but I also have a few smaller smaller clients that are also in the fast-moving consumer goods area, and yeah, it's quite a nice portfolio. Marlies, brand positioning is such an important factor also for a solopreneur. How is Empower positioned in the market with regards to your differentiation factors, your core competences that set you apart from the competition? Well, people who invite me to work with them, they are marketing managers who bring me in as a backup, a creative backup to bring in new ideas, to do some form of consulting, so to speak, yeah, simply by bringing in yeah, new aspects, what can we improve maybe, yeah, to bring in a critical point of view. But, and this is really, really important, I also perform, meaning that I really put things into action that I don't only suggest, I give a simple example, yeah, I don't only suggest permission marketing activities yeah, and how can we build up a database, how can we attract new subscribers, etc., etc. But I also sit down, try to select a good software for it. I bring up content, I bring up uh, an editorial plan. I really, I'm hands-on doing the stuff that I suggest. And I mean, at the end of the day, if you work as a solopreneur, like I'm doing, it's always about your personality. If you get along well with the person that pays your bills, um, yeah, it's a big advantage. If you don't get on well, he doesn't hire you. Eventually, your character, your personality, so basically your social capital and the quality of what you deliver, this together, which ultimately makes your brand, is key as a solopreneur. From your perspective, Marlies, what are some brand building essentials for someone who is starting his or her own business? Can you give us some best practices tips? I think um, for yourself, you have to bring up, I would say, a list of things that you're really good at. And 
very, very important that bring uh, an advantage or a competitive advantage to the customers that you want to work for. Yeah? I think it is very essential for a person who sets up a business to see who is my target group, who are the companies. I mean, I, I'm not talking about names and I don't talk about sectors necessarily. Yeah? But you have, to, you have to come up with an idea who are the people that I really want to work for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what? Mm-hmm. How, how can I make their lives easier? So it's a very customer-centric approach. Yes. So you really immerse yeah, into the customer and understand what their problems are, their yes. needs are, their so-called, let's say, pain points and how you can turn them around into gain points. That's it. Yeah. Without necessarily naming names, can you share an example of how you have helped a client to bring marketing and communications to the point? Or is there maybe a specific project that was particularly exciting or rewarding for you, which you want to share with us? Of course, yeah. I'm dealing with um, one client that I've worked with now for almost 10 years. There was actually a change in management. So the new manager asked me to help him in communicative aspects. We have um, reinvented or redesigned their corporate identity. And what we have managed then uh, was that we put down uh, in very clear words what their services were, everything that they were standing for. And we also invented a claim which gave new customers of that company an idea of what they were standing for. It was only a few changes, but simply by doing this, the identification uh, of uh, the employers also became much stronger. And uh, that was all resulting in a much stronger perception of their activities on the market. We've also brought in some new marketing channels like Google AdWords, which we have tried out for, for a certain time. But simply... By changing a little bit, it helped them enormously. Yeah? And that was a very strong leverage. And I think that's also the reason why they are still working with me. Obviously, already pivoting the communication slightly makes a difference, thereby conveying the message much clearer to the customer. And in fact, by realizing a measurable positive impact in rather short time, helps you setting up long-term trusted relationships with your client and they stay with you. Marlis. I'm curious about your brand name, Empower. What does it stand for? Is it a hybrid name with founder's initials in combination with a descriptor? Is there a story behind? It's a mixture of that. And I really love to tell that story, Bridget. Please go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the M, of course, stands a little bit for M, like Mali's, and of course, marketing. So that's a good combination. When you work in project management, something that is really, really important in projects that you empower the people that work in that project surrounding and in the project environment. So the word empowering has now long accompanied my life, but it has a second meaning. Companies empower me, they give me money so that I pursue their marketing activities. That's one meaning. And the second meaning is uh, when you know me better, you know that I'm a very, very energetic person. And uh, if you ask someone who knows me and you ask him, do you think that Marlies is an energetic person? He will always say 100% yes. (laughs) So um, yeah, the combination of power and empowering someone, yeah from outside, you know, to fulfill certain activities from, from in or for a company, 
that yeah seemed for me a good good combination and it's something that I stand for. What an interesting combination and power really is rich in meaning and of associations that can be used in different contexts to tell a story. Brilliant. Marlies, are you willing to share any experience with a client that was a major learning for you, something that went not so well, you might rather consider as a failure, but was important for your learning and growing from it going forward? Would you share such an example with us and what can we take away from this? I think when you look at communication from a strategic point of view, simply to, to sell products more easily or to become more present on the market, this is one side. But on, also from the inside point of view, communication structures are really, really important. And my learn was, it, it's a recent project actually, I tried to put up a new website, but it's a huge website yeah, with many, many subsites and stuff like this. And I've been invited to do the coordination work in between the agency and the people who should deliver content and photos and, and also graphical work. And the communication structures, they were sort of established when I entered the project, but I never looked behind the scenes. And I said, okay, I take it over. I help you pushing the project to, to become effective more, more quickly. And simply by not, not doing that homework mm -hmm. yeah, under uh, comma resulted in big, big trouble because the responsibilities weren't clear. It wasn't clear who communicates with whom. And so, um, yeah, and at the end, luckily, we decided to split. And I think they did it internally at the end of the day. Yeah, but to bring in another external person. First of all, they thought, okay, that's the solution for the problem. But in the end, it didn't really help. Yeah, and you, you clearly have to define also for yourself, if you set up a company, for example, or if you define the services that you want to offer on a professional level, you have to define what is what you can do best and which projects or, or activities are off limits. And that for me mm -hmm. is clearly off limits. So I would never take over a project like this anymore. The COVID-19 pandemic crisis, um, it has been influencing our lives so much in the last couple of months. How did you or how do you experience this crisis? Did it affect you? If so, how did you cope with the challenges? Or on the positive side, did hidden opportunities unwheel from this crisis? Can you pick up on some chances that you see out of that? I was actually affected. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I have to think about it. But I actually half of the clients that I that I'm working with on a regular basis, they simply cut off all activities. Yeah? So I was actually heavily affected by, by COVID-19. But I have to say that the remaining uh, customers really invested money and time to sit down and think about the plus points, yeah, the positive points that you can still push and still communicate and what is really important to still stay in contact with their clients, meaning they developed certain form of, yeah, I wouldn't say it was a crisis plan, but they simply sat down and said, okay, how can we transform our activities into some form of digital business? Yeah, it really pushed digital ideas, yeah, digital transformation from business that were rather analog. And um, that was one learn. And the second learn from, from my own business was to offer some form of crisis communication yeah, and to foster the idea of having a crisis plan in the drawer and helping clients to develop such crisis plan. 
this is something that I've actually never offered, but it brought me to the idea to develop a product yeah, or, or, or a toolkit that you bring along when you are in a, yeah, in a selling situation. And yeah, that you, that you sit down and think about a solution, how to offer this on a professional level. Basically, you see your chances resulting from this crisis in that companies are changing their communication strategy from analog into digital and in what also seems to be a necessity nowadays and going forward is to have a crisis plan in the drawer. Malise, from a marketing perspective, do you see any other consumer or business trend emerging from this crisis? Well, from, from a marketing point of view, what I register is that um, companies strongly focus on how can we communicate if everything is working fine, but they also develop a second alternative. So um, this is something that I notice at the moment. Um, I'm working for a client, to, to give you an example, I'm working for a client and we are planning a very, very big fair in half a year and now it's the point of time to go out to the media and to to do a press release and stuff like this and we actually concentrate on the fact that this fair will take place but we always have something as an alternative in the in mind yeah simply in case there is a second wave and there is a second uh, shutdown or some form of thing and you have to transfer everything into digital presentation maybe and this is something yeah, that is going on at the moment as well. So that means you always try to have a backup plan in place. That's it. Thanks for the word. If things go worse again. That's it. Yeah, so also another major learning out of what has happened That's it. right now. Yeah. Good. Marlies, as a mother of two, how do you manage kids and job? <laughs> the day only has 24 hours, I guess that might not be that easy or is it <laughs> at the moment it's especially difficult because they are uh, spending lots of time at home and uh, you need to entertain them but yeah there is only one simple answer bridget i have a lot of help yeah so there is grandmothers and we do have a babysitter or an au pair girl and yeah if you really try to concentrate on the business on the professional level uh you always have to to yeah to have help in some form or the other. Okay, good. Before we are coming to our end of uh, this talk, Marlise, I would like to do a quick word wrap with you. Oh. Are you ready to give me quick and short answers? Absolutely. So, <laughs> what makes you special when it comes to communication? There are many, many topics uh, that I yeah, can communicate about. Yeah, I'm very versatile. Okay, when it comes to power? Um, endless energy and the absolute will to bring something to an end. Impatience. Oh, um, yeah, I'm always curious and yeah, impatience uh, goes along with power yeah, to bring things to an end and to yeah, okay. push it. Variety. Means not getting bored in life. Yeah, and to have a very broad view yeah, about the complexity of life and yeah, not to lose uh, the overview. Last but not least, brands. Very, very important thing to make products and services 
more emotionally uploaded. Marlies, for listeners who would like to find out more about Empower, where can they find you and maybe get in touch with you? Well, there is my website, empower-marketing.at. So I uh, host my website in Austria. And um, yeah, there will be new photos um, being uploaded there. So yeah, get in touch with me there. There is my phone number and there is my mail. Marlies, thank you so much for being my guest today on Brainstalk. It was a pleasure having you here and it was really interesting to learn more about your brand Empower and about you as a solopreneur. Thank you, Marlise. Thank you, Bridget. And this was my conversation with Marlise Karger. For more information about Marlise Karger, you can check the show notes for this episode on my website, brandfit.at under news. If you want to get in touch with me, drop me an email under office at brentfit.at or check out my webpage brentfit.at to become everyone's favorite brand. In case you like my show, make sure you subscribe to the Brandstock Podcast. I hope you will stay tuned in on the next episode when we dive into the world of brands.